Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. When I was in high school, I used to love Jesus with all of my heart, still do. And I'd bring my Bible to school, and I just have such a heart to witness to people and to, to tell people about Jesus. And I remember one day, I was in wrestling, and there was a guy who I used to wrestle with, and I knew he didn't know Jesus. And so, uh, but the Lord put him on my heart, and I said, uh, Lord, would you give me an opportunity to share the gospel with him? So I remember one day we were at lunch, and we were sitting, standing outside, and then we were sitting down at a table, and I went over and I sat by him. And I just said, Lord, would you help me to share the gospel? I don't, I mean, I'm going to see these guys the next three or four years of my life. I don't want this to be awkward. Anybody know what I mean? I don't want this to be awkward. I don't want this to be where they point me out the rest of the years if they don't agree with me. But, Lord, on the other hand, we're talking about eternity here. And I want to obey you. And I remember um, it took a couple of days. But then one day I sat down and I was able to just share with him what the Lord did in my life. The simple message of the gospel that I was lost. Jesus found me. And then I shared with him the scripture that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God's raised him from the dead, that you'd be saved. And I remember sitting there thinking, I think I'm supposed to ask him to pray with me. I think I'm supposed to ask him to say those words. Because I know that the word, it's not just about believing. It's about believing and confessing. Jesus as the Lord of your life. And I felt like I was supposed to do that. And I just chickened out. I just, and I just thought, well, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll see him tomorrow. I went home that night. Next morning, I got into school first period. And uh, there was a, uh, all the classrooms had a special announcement. They pulled everybody together for an assembly. And they said, we had a student last night. I went to a school of about 2,800 people in Southern California. And uh, they said, we have special assembly. We want to pull together. There's a student who was in a car accident last night, crashed into a pole, and was killed. And it was this guy. And I sat, I remember sitting in class in my heart saying, God, I feel so horrible. I had an opportunity to tell this guy about Jesus. I hope he went to heaven. I hope he prayed that prayer. But I really didn't take it the next step, especially when I knew I should have right there. And I remember praying to God. I walked out of class. I went home that day. And I said, God, if I ever get the opportunity to tell someone about Jesus, I don't care how embarrassed I am. I don't want other people's eternity to be at risk because of my insecurity. So God, would you just empower me by the Holy Spirit? Because it is the Holy Spirit that causes us not just to witness, but to be witnesses says in the book of Acts, to be witnesses. And so I know the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. I know I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, I ask you, that if I ever get an opportunity, would you give me the boldness, give me the words to say that just like Jesus at the well, a Samaritan woman who he wasn't supposed to talk to, wasn't supposed to talk to a, a woman, a Samaritan woman like that. And he went and shared the gospel with her in a sense. And she went and evangelized and told other people. I said, Lord, would you help me to do that? And I'll tell you, ever since, when I'm around unbelievers, I just have an awareness that 
This life is a temporary life. This life that we're in, this earth life that we're in right now, it could be our very last day. You know, you say, yeah, I've heard that all my life. Yeah, I have too. In fact, my, my parents and my grandparents have heard it too. Uh, in fact, Paul said in the Bible, these end days or these end times, that was 2,000 years ago. But can I tell you, there is a, a cycle that's been going on through eternity, and it's winding, and it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And we are in the last days. Somebody say, we are in the last days. And we do have a responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I don't think anyone would say I don't have a heart to share the gospel. I think really where we where it comes down to is I don't know what to do. I'm going to see these people tomorrow. My neighbors, I'm going to see them and they're going to going to drive up to my house and they're going to say, you know, start avoiding me. Or I'm going to go to work and these coworkers are going to start avoiding me or in school and it's embarrassing or these things. And I just asked you this morning, would you just open your heart? Come on, would you just open your heart this morning to say, "Holy Spirit, speak to me however you would." And help me to hear what you're saying through your word. It says in the book of Mark, chapter 16, it's on your text. In fact, could we all read it out loud and let's read it loudly. Say it together. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, every person. The word gospel is actually the Greek word euangelion. Someone might say, you don't speak Greek. No, I don't. I speak English. <laughs> so somebody can help me on that later. But I'll tell you what the word for it, the English word that comes out is evangel. Evangel. When he says go preach the gospel, the word is evangel. That's where why we say we are evangelicals. In other words, we believe that we're supposed to share the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Can somebody say yes? Okay. And he says, uh, bring the gospel. The word uh, gospel literally means good news. Can you say good news? Are you glad that God gave us a message to share that was good news, not bad news? <laughs> I'm so glad he didn't say, go bring the bad news to all the world. I want you to go stand up on the corner, and I want you to tell them all they're going to hell. Oh, I'm so glad he didn't do that because I would have a much harder time for that. But some people have a hard time bringing the good news. Every morning I get the paper, and uh, I don't always look at it, but I look, and can I tell you, most of the time, it's bad news. And then I turn on the news sometimes at night, and most of the time, it's bad news. And do you know what? It's always bad news about the past. It's always about something that's going on in the past. But can I tell you what the good news, what's so good about it? It's, it's that there's hope in it, and it's about not only the past, it's about the future. But he says, go into all the world, and this is the message. It's the good news. So to bring the gospel is to bring, write it in on your paper, is to bring good news. In the book of Acts, chapter 2, remember that it says that God added to the church daily those who were being saved. Which means that he didn't add to the church just on Sundays. He added daily, which means that really the gospel wasn't just going forth on Sunday mornings. The gospel was going forth every day. Because where is the church? The church is throughout all of Memphis. The church is all over Memphis during the week. So where should the gospel be preached? All over Memphis. Everywhere you are this week, you are shining the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news. Into all the world, when he says, into all the world, back then it was really limited to where you were, where you were standing, where you were going. Something great about today's world is into all the world, we can really reach all of the world through what's called media. 
through social media, through Facebook, through Instagram. We can reach through email, through text. We can reach all the world. So when he says go into all the world, I believe we should exhaust every avenue to be able to allow the gospel to go forth through television, through radio. It's important to, to pray that the gospel would go out, not just us go out. Because if it's just limited to me, then we're going to be limited. But and if it's just limited to you, then we're going to be limited. But we need to allow the gospel to go forth in every way. Even as I say that, there may be ideas that come to your mind and thoughts that, that the Lord says, you know, you may not be able to share the gospel here and there, but you could share the gospel here and there. What's the main thing that we're talking about this morning? We have a, and you can fill this in, a responsibility to bring the gospel to those around us. We have a responsibility to bring the gospel to those around us. So how do we do that? I'm going to give you five things. Number one is this. Stay conscious of people who are lost. Stay conscious of people who are lost. And especially, listen, in your circle. In your circle. Do you know that God has given leadership to every single person? We're going to be talking about it in Growth Track today. God has given leadership to every single person. John Maxwell tells us, he says, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Leadership is just influence. Someone may say, I'm not called to be a leader. Not true. Every one of us have influence in some circle with your families, with your neighbors, with those at school with your friends, you have some leadership uh, capacity and people that you're in touch with. And can I tell you, I believe that the people we're responsible for the most are the people that we come into contact with regularly. I know that sometimes we can tend to think, yeah, I want to reach the lost, so I'm going to send, you know, 20 bucks to this evangelist or to, or to this mi missions place or to this thing. And we need to have a heart for uh, uh, all over the world. But I want to remind you that Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And he said, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In other words, start with your neighbors. Start with the people that live next to you. It's interesting that when the Lord said, love your neighbor as yourself, we can tend to bring that down to everyone except our actual neighbors. Do you know your neighbors? Do you know your next-door neighbors? I've been living next to my neighbors for five years, for ten years, and I, I don't know them. Get to know them. Why? Because you're supposed to be light in their lives. Well, how do I know someone else is supposed to be? Someone else is supposed to be as well, but you're supposed to be. If God has put you around people every single day, God wanted to get you around them so that you can have influence with them, so that you can bring the light of Jesus Christ. I'm not talking about being weird, and I'm not talking about doing something that's, that's wacky. I'm talking about sharing good news with lost people. Stay conscious of people who are lost in your circle. John 4, 35, Jesus said this, Do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. But behold, the word behold just means look. Look, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they're already white for harvest. Could everybody do this for a moment? Would you just lift up your heads for a moment? Just sit up nice and tall and lift up your heads. Lift up your eyes. See things at a higher level. That's what the Lord's saying. He's saying don't get, our, our tendency is to get our heads down and focused on our problems, on having enough, um, having enough money just to pay the bills. On, on getting the right job and, and, and solving the, the family issues or maybe getting a family and, and solving all the things in our own lives. And you know what it is? It's we have our eyes down, but the Lord says, lift up your eyes. What is he saying? Take your eyes off yourself and get your eyes on the harvest. Why? Because you already found. You already know the Lord. 
So if you already know the Lord, then you're going to be okay. Uh, eternity is coming. I know we're already in it, but the kingdom of God is coming, and, and, and we're at the end of the days, and he's saying, get your eyes off yourself. Why? Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you paid your bill tomorrow or if you got this or you got that or you got that. I mean, that's all important, but it's important to lift your eyes and see lost people. That was probably a, uh, uh, some type of proverb or term signifying that there was no need to rush because he said a harvest. Because a harvest was something that you planted seed, and in about four months you saw the harvest. So he's saying, we got the seed planted, let's take a break. And Jesus is saying, don't take a break. Why? Because you might have planted the seed today, and the harvest is not coming up in four months. It's coming up today. It's coming up tomorrow. That's called supernatural harvest. And he's saying, don't expect harvest in four months. Don't wait like, a, like my story. Don't wait to share the gospel. Today is the day of salvation. Don't say there's still four months. But lift up your eyes because they're already white for harvest. Lift your eyes. Their eyes were down. They're on themselves. So let me ask you this question. Are you ready to share? You say, what do you mean? Are you prepared to share? This is how we know that our eyes are lifted up because we're ready. See, when there are lost people that are on my heart that I'm praying for, do you know what I'm doing? I'm looking for opportunities to share the gospel with them. I'm ready. You don't want to be to where you're in a conversation and you're like, huh, I've known you for years. I wonder if they should know the Lord. No, 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 no. They should know the Lord. In fact, they're already a son and a daughter of God. They just haven't come into the family, been born again into the family of God. They're already God's creation, should I say. God, God already died for their sins, but they need to appropriate it through the blood of Jesus. So let me ask you, are you ready to share? Lost people that you're around every day, are you ready to share the gospel with them? Number two, number two, you could fill this in, pray. Pray for other believers to preach the gospel. Listen, pray for other believers to preach the gospel. Not only should we be ready to preach the gospel, but we should pray for others to preach the gospel. Luke chapter 10 says, After these things the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. I want you to notice he sent them two by two. In other words, uh, you don't have to be alone in this. Sometimes it's important to be in, in community and in connection with one another. There are many times to where I know that I'm supposed to be a light to somebody, and I just want to have another brother with me. I was with, uh, uh, where is he? I was with John. I see John. He moved. I was with John. He's somewhere. He's sharing the gospel somewhere. Okay. I was with John uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we were in a coffee shop. And we were just talking to somebody, and we both knew this guy was lost. And John, you know, asked, do you, you know, asked him something about the gospel and encouraged him and gave him an encouraging word. And the guy kind of got a smile on his face. And, and, uh, but you know what? There was something about uh, both of us being a light to him, shining brighter. To, um, many times, uh, Tiffany, my wife and I will be somewhere in a, in a, you know, out in a place of business or somewhere, and we come across somebody, and we just see that there's, there's an opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus, to share the good news. And we'll smile and we'll say, do you go to church anywhere? Do you, are you a believer? Are you a Christian? And you know, there's something about just both of us being together in that. Jesus sent them out two by two. And it says, then he said, verse 2, to them, the harvest is truly great, but the laborers are few. 
Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. I want you to notice whose harvest it is. It's his harvest. But I want you to notice whose responsibility is. It's our responsibility. It's our responsibility. It's his harvest. It's our responsibility. So he says, the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. What is he saying? He's saying there's too much harvest out there for the amount of people and workers and evangelists to bring the gospel. Someone might say, well, God hasn't called me to be an evangelist. If you're a believer, he's called you to be an evangelist. He's called us all to bring the evangel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Samuel Johnson said, nothing is to be expected from the workmen whose tools are forever to be sought. <laughs> In other words, you're not going to get much done if you don't have your tools. Even if you have the heart for it, you don't have the tools for it. And that's what Jesus was saying. He was saying, we don't have the tools. Pray for the tools. Pray for the people. Pray for other people to surround them. So in uh, first, it says first, <laughs> it's first Corinthians 3, 6, it says first col there's not a first colossians okay but it's first corinthians 3 6 it says uh, paul says some plant some water but god gives the increase some plant some water but god gives the increase you know what that means it means god may use you to come share an encouraging word or to pray for somebody who has already had a seed planted in them and you're just going to water the seed and you might not see the increase today or God may use you to plant a seed. Or God may use you to bring forth a harvest or to, to, um, to pray someone into salvation or to invite someone uh, to church. God will use you to do that. So whatever stage you're in, pray that it's not only you, but Jesus said pray that other laborers would surround them. Let me tell you, for instance, many times I have went and uh, gone and shared the gospel with somebody and I've just shared, hey, do you know the Lord loves you? I know you're going through a lot of crud right now and, and stuff. And I remember going through that stuff myself. But the Bible says that God is an ever-present help in time of trouble. He loves you. He's on your side. He wants to help you. He wants to heal you and deliver you. And they say, really? Yeah, really. And I, and I just sense that's what I'm supposed to tell them and, and just say, well, hey, if you need anything, I'll be praying for you. Okay. I walk away. And probably sometimes months later, they come back and say, hey, remember that one time you shared that thing with me? Yeah. Do you know that uh, about a month afterwards, someone else came and shared something with me, invited me to church, and I gave my life to Jesus. <laughs> and you know what? I'm excited about it. You know why? Because I planted a seed, they watered, and God gave the increase. It doesn't really matter what stage you're in. We're all in the process of seeing the harvest come to pass. God has people surrounded. God has people surrounded. One of the shows I used to like growing up, and I think they did, a, uh, I know they did a remake on it now, is SWAT. Uh, special weapons and, and tactics to where they surround these people. You know, they come in, they have hostage negotiation and situations, and they walk in and they say, hey, is this Bill? Yeah, this is Bill. What do you want? Bill, this is such and such from the special weapons and tactics. Yeah, I'm not coming out. You know, Bill, we have you surrounded. No, you don't. Start looking out the window, Right looking up in the attic, looking, looking all around. Bill, we've got you surrounded. You're not going to come out of here alive, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to come out of here alive. Whoa! <laughs> he doesn't even know what to say. He's surrounded. And eventually, you know, it goes through the whole show. Do you know that's how God is with us? He's got people surrounded. They think they're going to get out of this. They're not going to get out of this. If they're in my presence, they're not going to get out of this. They're going to hear the gospel from me. But I'm also not only sharing the gospel from me, 
is when I know that my opportunity is done, I'm going to pray that God would surround them with other people who would share the gospel in several ways, and I'm expecting a result and a miracle. Can somebody say amen? Yeah, that's what God wants us to do. So not only uh, share the gospel, but pray that they would be surrounded with other people to share the gospel. Number three, follow, you can write this in, follow Jesus and become a fisherman. (laughs) Follow Jesus and become a fisherman. How many fishermen do we have in the room? Come on, how many fishermen do we have in the room? (laughs) Woo-hoo. I am the worst fisherman in this room. I can almost guarantee it. I don't like to fish. I like to catch. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, I almost feel like, you know, I just say I'm never going to fish again. And then someone says, hey, you want to go out and fishing? And I say, oh, I don't want to fish. You know, and then I, I go out and they say, if you come with me, you know, you're going to fish. And then we'll get out there and we'll go and they'll say, I don't know what happened. I'm just not catching anything today. I say, it's me. I'm telling you, I'm like Jonah. I'm cursed with fishing. I'm not good at fishing, right? Probably because I don't like it, and I don't even pray that, you know, I catch because I don't want to fish more because if I caught, I'd have fish more, okay? But nevertheless, uh, I'm, I'm slightly exaggerating on that. But nevertheless, in the book of Matthew chapter 4, it says this, verse 18, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, and they were fishermen. What were they? And then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Notice they were fishermen. (laughs) And he said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. He kind of took that. They were fishermen, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. In other words, you're not going to catch fish anymore. You're going to catch people. Jesus compared evangelism to fishing. He compared evangelism to fishing. So one of the things we have to do, if he's made us, if he's told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel, we have to accept the personal responsibility to be fishermen. Can you just say with me out loud, say, I accept the personal responsibility to be a fisher of men. Even if you're not a fisherman, you can be a fisher of men. So what do you have to do? Well, Jesus compared evangelism to fishing. Fishing requires attempt. (laughs) Fishing requires putting your, putting your net out there or putting your pole into the water, putting your bait into the water. It, atten- it, it requires learning. It requires patience. It requires sometimes getting up early in the morning. Somebody know what I mean? They say, you want to go fishing? Yeah. How about, you know, maybe about 11 o'clock in the morning? 11? How about 4? Four? 4? No. Are the fish even awake at 4? You know, you wonder. You know, because I have kind of a routine. I get up in the morning, and it's not fishing, okay? But uh, you have to get up and fish early in the morning. They say before the sun, you know, comes out and shines through, shines the, the rays through and such. I don't really know why it is. I told you I'm not a fisherman. But nevertheless, it requires early morning, these early morning fishing trips. And people who love to fish... You know, they may never always have a, a, a problem getting up early in the morning. Then you say, we're going to go on a fishing trip on Friday. Oh, really? What time? 4.30. I'll be up. And for some reason, they're wide awake. They're ready to go. Why? Because they're ready to fish. Can I tell you, that's the way it should be about being fishers of men, too. We should have people on our hearts so much that we're saying, God, whatever the place, whatever the time, use me to catch people. Number four, accept the assignment. Accept the assignment of being visible. Visible. Can you say the word visible? John chapter 9 verse 5 says this. Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. 
But then Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, you are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. What is he saying? Jesus said, as long as I'm in the world, that I'm the light of the world. What does that mean? Jesus isn't the light of the world anymore. You say, wait, that, that sounds like false doctrine. No, no, no. Jesus is ultimately the light of the world. But Jesus says, I'm the light of the world as long as I'm in the world. But as soon as Jesus left the world, what did he do? He said, now you're the light of the world. Why? Because when people need to come to the gospel, they don't see Jesus, but they see you. And they see me. So what did Jesus go on to say? He went on to say uh, in verse 16, let your light so shine before men. Can we say that out loud? Come on. Let your light so shine before men, let me say, that they may see your good, what? Well, wait, it's not about works. It's about grace, right? Well, that's true. We're not saved by works. But, what, but evangelism involves that they may see your what? That they may see your what? They may see your works. In other words, you got to work for it. Fishing takes some work, right? Evangelism takes some work. Putting up with that person who shouldn't be put up with takes some work. Long suffering takes some work, right? Not flipping off someone or not, you know, coming and telling someone off takes some work sometimes, does it not? <laughs> I was talking to I was talking to Jacqueline and Jacqueline said Jacqueline told me a month or so ago, a couple months ago, she said, You gotta pray for me, Pastor Dave. I said, Why? She said, Pray that Jackie doesn't come out. I said, who? She said, no, I'm Jacqueline. I said, well, you're Jacqueline, right? You're, you're Jackie? She said, oh, no, I was Jackie. Pray that, pray that Jackie doesn't come out. Anybody got a Jackie inside of them? See, they understand. See, the Bible says, let your light so shine before men that they may see. See, can I tell you, they're seeing something. They're seeing something. But are they seeing the light of Jesus, okay? He says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. In other words, what Jesus is saying, it's not just witness and say, Jesus loves you, but yet you've been treating them like dirt for the last six months. Jesus loves you. I thought Jesus was love. You sure aren't love. So sometimes you have to say, I apologize for my witness, the, the problem you see is not Jesus, it's me, right? Sometimes I've had to apologize to people. I've had to tell them, Jesus is a lover. Jesus will put up with you no matter what. Jesus cares about you deeply. If there's any problem that you have in this equation, it's probably me. It's not Jesus. So he says, let your light that they may see your good works and glorify God. Notice you can cause people to glorify God by them just looking at you. And notice he says, let your light so shine. Let it happen. I know sometimes we think that evangelism is something that we got to push. No, it's something sometimes that we just got to let. Let people see Jesus. Say the word let. Look at your neighbor and say let. Yeah, let people see Jesus. Let people let your light so shine. Jesus wasn't only anointed to save and to heal. It says in the book of Acts chapter 10 verse 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil. Can I tell you, Jesus was anointed to do good. Somebody needs to get that this morning. Jesus was anointed to do good for people. 
Jesus was not only anointed to heal, not only anointed to save, he was anointed to do good. Why? Because when you do good, you're letting your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. You know, Jesus was a carpenter. You think he, he kind of helped repair something for some people sometimes? I bet he did. Think Jesus built something for someone sometimes? I bet he did. You say, well, it doesn't say that in the Bible. Well, it doesn't say a lot of things in the Bible. But can I tell you, Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Let your light so shine before men. How do you know if you're letting your light so shine before men? Here's how. They'll see it. They'll see your good works. If they're not seeing your good works, then we're not letting our light so shine before men. Number five, write the vision. Can you say, write the vision. And pray for an opportunity. Uh, Habakkuk chapter 2 says, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. What's the vision? That the lost would be saved. What's the vision? That everybody around me would come to know Jesus. What's the vision? That everybody around me would see the light of Jesus in my life. Why? Because it's not Jesus that's shining independent of me. Jesus is shining through me. People are looking at me. When they look at you, do they see Jesus? <laughs> come, on, look at, come on, look at look at the person on the other side of you and see if you see Jesus in them. Come on, do you see Jesus in them? See, I, tell them, I see Jesus in you. Yeah. Write the vision and make it plain on tablets. So what I want you to do here, would you open up your, your bulletins and pull out a little card. Pull out this little card. It looks like this, and it just says great faith on it. Come on, if you have it, would you just, everybody, just, just, uh, Wave it at me for a moment. Would you pull out this little card? It says prayer. Pray and invite. This is a little tool that's going to help you and I, I'm doing the same thing, keep the lost on our hearts and on our minds. I'm going to ask you in just a moment to write down three people. Nobody's going to see this list but you. We're not collecting it. You don't have to share it with anybody. Just between you and God. I want you to take this and write down three people that you're in contact with, that you come into contact with, who are unchurched. Unchurched meaning that they either are lost, they don't know Jesus, or they're just lost that they don't have, they're not walking in fellowship with other believers. They're kind of walking out there by themselves. And I'm going to ask you to, as they come to your mind, to, to write down three people who are unchurched. And I just want you to keep that card on you in a place, whether it be in your wallet. Like, I'll just keep it in my wallet. So that when I go to pull out cash or I go to pull out money, I also pull that out and I say, this person, this person, and this person, and just pray for them. Or I'm going to put them in my morning prayer. And I want you to do this. You may say, I have never led a person to Jesus before in my life. But can I tell you, I want that to happen this year. I want every person in here to lead someone to the Lord this year. I want every person in here to have an influence. Even if leading them to the Lord is inviting them to church and seeing them come to the Lord. I want every person in this room, even if you say, well, I don't go here. Even if you don't go here, I want to see you. You're here today. I believe you're here for a reason. I want you to see somebody come to the Lord this year because of your witness. Can I tell you, if you lead someone to the Lord or you invite them to the church and you see them come to the Lord, your year will be revolutionized. It'll be the best thing that happened to you this year. I don't care if you got a new house, new car. I don't care if you got married. It'll be the best thing that happened to you this year. The Bible says that when one person finds Jesus and is born again, that there's a party that goes on in heaven. I want everyone to experience the same joy of leading someone to the Lord.
Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast.